Hello, everyone. Welcome back. Welcome back to another Horror, Wine, and Crime episode. Um, what's up, Dax Shepard? Hey. <laughs> Gotta do our weekly uh, Dax check-in. He will hear it one day. I have faith. 100%. We're manifesting it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so, February Valentine contest winners have been announced. Um, in first place, we have Janet Klein in Vermont. And then in second place, we have Samantha Taylor over in Columbus, Ohio. Midwest neighbor. Ow, ow. Thank you guys for donating. Yes, and we will be getting your stuff out to you. ASAP. So look out for it. Enjoy the shirts. We'll be emailing you to get your your fave. Yeah. Personalize it. So we want to give a shout out to Michelle, um, a friend of mine. Also, she has put in some work on this podcast with us. Um, she does our website, which she does a fantastic job. Um, she is doing a little bit of template art herself. They got calendars and little just uh, Instagram templates. I'm not sure exactly all the details, but you know how you can find out. How's that, Lo? Go to her website. <gasps> Easy peasy. Yes, it's on Etsy, and everybody loves Etsy. Everybody. So check it out at Scorpio Rising Arts on Etsy. I have also put it on my wall. You will find it on, I believe we put it on our Instagram. I will double check that tonight. Um, but it is on the Facebook page, so you can check it, click on it, and get yourself some cool art. Yeah, get on it. This week for drinks, we're switching it up. We're not going to do the wine. We have some canned crown apple whiskey. Yes, and it is one of my relaxing faves. Um, so we just decided to relax. Yeah. Why we talk about this one. This one is a story that's uh, close to home. It's here in Waterford. And it's a cold case, but we wanted to bring some attention and get it back out into the public eye again. And hopefully somebody is listening that will speak up, talk up, remember something, reach out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because... Even if a case has been closed for years and years and years, like something down the line can come up that could literally just change everything. So, and not to mention for um, Kylie, who I've actually reached out to and have been communicating with, I would love nothing more than for her to get some closure with the case and finally put an end to it. Yeah, absolutely. Closure is definitely needed. Kenneth Cannell Jr. and Pamela Barnes, they lived in Waterford, Michigan on the 5400 block of Brunswick Boulevard. That's near Elizabeth Lake Road and Pine Grove Street. Kenneth Jr. grew up in Waterford. He graduated from Mott High School. He worked for Manax Corporation as a troubleshooter technician for General Motor Vehicles. Pamela Barnes went to Wald Lake Western High School and graduated from Baker College with her bachelor's degree in occupational therapy. She worked at Evergreen Health and 
Living Rehab Center in Southfield. In June of 2005, 39-year-old Kenneth Canal Jr. and 41-year-old Pamela moved into Waterford Township home. They both did have daughters from previous relationships. Uh, Canal's daughter, who it was 15 years old at the time, and Barnes' daughter was 13. Now, Alyssa was 13 and Kylie was 15. Kylie came from Kenneth and Alyssa came from Pamela. Now, Jesse Canal, which would be Kenneth's mother, she told Seven investigator Heather Cataglio that Kenny and Kylie were the best friends, which after talking and interviewing with her, I can totally see the love and adoration she had for him. Pam had a 13-year-old daughter, but the family members say the girls had not been getting along. They also say that Ken Jr. had been having second thoughts about the relationship with Pam um, just due to Pam's ex and the unwillingness that it would put him and especially his 15-year-old daughter into harm's way. Um, he just wasn't happy that his daughter was going to be living with their son of Pam's ex. Um, it just seems like that there was a lot of shady stuff going around with him mm -hmm. and it was just, it sounds like a sketchy situation overall. Yeah, that's always tough when, like, the exes don't get along, especially, you know, if one has a history of, like, just uncertainty and all that, then it kind of puts the other people in an uncomfortable situation. Um, family members did say that Pam had been getting ready to go after her ex for thousands of dollars in back child support. Um, so it was the 4th of July and Pam's daughter had spent the weekend with her father and Pam's ex was supposed to be bring her back to Pam and Kenneth's house, um, but Alyssa did not show up. Um, Sunday morning there was no missed calls were found on Pam's cell phone. Um, Pam and Ken were last seen at the party on July 2nd, 2005. When Pamela didn't show up for work a few days later, they contacted Pam's family. They were concerned. The family members contacted the police, who then went to the house and discovered the bodies. Pam and Ken were both home alone, asleep, when they were both shot to death inside their bedroom. It was a very targeted, a very specific act. Um, there was no sign of a struggle, the Waterford Police Department Detective Sergeant Brent Ross. Um, Sergeant Ross later said that the killer or killers um, got into the home, shot Pam and Ken several times, and then walked right back out, locked the door on the way out. They never did find the murder weapon. Nothing was stolen from the home. There was no forced entry. Police said that they found a person of interest soon after the murders, but could never get enough evidence to make it stick. So therefore, no search warrant was ever made. It's so crazy to me that the killer locked the door on the way out. Like, that's such a weird, specific thing to do. Because, like, you already killed them, so why does it matter if the door's locked? I don't know, that part, like, kind of stuck out to me, hearing that. Because it's just a weird, specific thing to do when, you know, I feel like you're going into somebody's house to kill them and then you 
purposely lock the door behind you. The only thing I can maybe think of is maybe in case someone did come to check on them, the door is locked. They couldn't get in. Okay. Maybe it was like a stall. May thing. okay yeah. Like, Someone did a well for a check, and then like, well, nobody answered the door, so I'm assuming they're not home. You know, right? They couldn't like just that. walk in. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that makes sense to like stall it all. Uh, the family and police have a suspect in mind. So why did this case go so cold? Well, according to the police records, um, the father of Pam's daughter is listed as their number one person of interest. The police report shows that they refused a polygraph test twice and that Canal said that he even made odd comments after going to the funeral. So um, Jesse had reported that Kylie, their granddaughter, said he said to her that it'll be okay, it'll all be better now. And she just thought it was very odd like that he would go to his ex-girlfriend's funeral home like, is really inappropriate, which I have to agree with that. Why would you even go there? But they do say a lot of killers will go to the funerals. They like to see what they caused, which is really sick. And another big one is possibly to see who knows what. Like, police will scout them out for suspects. Like, they go to the funerals as well because looking for suspicious people like yeah and a lot of times the suspects do go which is sick sickening yeah like to see you know are people on to me whatever but i feel like that raises like weird sus- suspicion on that person and anyways like pam's ex to show up to um kenneth's funeral home when he didn't even like have a relationship with him they didn't even have like a good relationship like it's just very weird and yeah to like say that to Kylie is inappropriate and just really shady, like... Yeah, it sounds like he was very narcissistic or, like, even his ego. Maybe he thought he was just getting away with it Mm -hmm. and playing these sick games. And, like I said, again, maybe he wanted to see all the hurt he caused. Some people get off on that, which (sighs) is terrible, but they do. That is disgusting, if that's that's the case. Ugh. Uh, So Kenneth's dad um, called him a coward... He said that he's a coward to go in there at night while both were sleeping and choose someone like that, which it is. Yeah. I mean, oh, 100%. So, Canal and his wife, Jesse, remember every terrible second of July 6, 2005. That was the day the police officers told them that their son, Ken Jr., had been murdered. He said, You don't know? And I said, What do you mean? He goes, He's deceased. And I went, What? I said, I have to tell my husband this. How am I supposed to tell my husband this? I've got to tell him. And I go up and I just look at him and said, Kenny's dead. Quote, Jesse Cannell. That's just heartbreaking to to even hear. Like, I can't imagine being in that situation where you have no idea that this has happened and then it just, like, comes flooding out to you. Like, ugh. You have to tell your husband or wife that their child is gone. Horrible. Records show that Detective interviewed dozens of people, but eventually they hit dead ends. Five years later, though, investigators searched the yard of a home at 17 Mile in Milford. Um, There was a shooting in Milford 26 years ago that was made aware of by Milford officers that had a lot of the same similarities. Now, we were not able to ever 
make any conclusions that they were associated with them, but there was very similar aspects with it, according to Sergeant Ross. Yeah, so with the Milford case, um, so on Saturday, October 6, 1996, um, Jennifer... Preppard married Joe A. Anderson, and hours later, someone shot her father. So between 5 and 5.30 a.m. on October 27th, 96, a masked intruder entered the rural residence of William or Bill Peppard, who was the lead pastor of Milford Assembly of God, and shot him with a 12-gauge sawed-off shotgun. The one-ounce lead slug put a three-inch hole in the right side of Peppard's chest and came within an inch of his liver and two inches of his heart. Peppard's wife, Joanne, was right next to him in bed and their two daughters were asleep in their bedrooms when the shooting occurred. The intruder fled and did not shoot um, any of the other family members, so he only shot Bill. The intruder had cut the landline phone, which delayed their time to save Bill because they had to run to the neighbor's house to, you know, ask for help and call an ambulance. Pepper lost seven pints of blood, but he miraculously lived and left the hospital after 10 days. So he was a pastor, so at his first sermon after returning to work, Bill saw his suspect sitting in the congregation. In 1989, Bill had trouble with a particular male churchgoer. Um, according to Bill, this guy became obsessed with his wife, Joanne, and their oldest daughter, Jennifer. This man would hover around Joanne in the nursery at the church and even showed up at her job at a nursing home telling her how much he cared for her. And Joanne told him basically to leave her alone because she was happy in her marriage and, you know, she wanted nothing to do with this guy. So Bill um, later confronted the man and the man told him that he was a horrible husband and a terrible father and that the man was going to have Joanne and Jennifer. He said, I will marry them and have them sexually. Ugh. Disgusting. Oh my god. And guess whose name came up in that unsolved 96 Milford shooting as a possible suspect? Hmm, I wonder. Pam's ex. So, um, we always hope that someone will come forward, know something um, that would give little pieces that can just let them help move forward with, you know, finding it out. I will go on till I take my last breath. I'm not going to give up hope. I'm not going away. And I want the person who did this to know I'm not going away until you're arrested. Quote, Jesse Canal. We are not naming a person of interest because it has not been charged. Seven Action News did speak to his father, but who says his son is absolutely innocent and this whole ordeal has been horrible. Now... The story is 16 years old, it's never been solved, and if anyone knows anything, please help both these families find justice. Um, I did connect with this daughter, Kylie, and there are some things that we did talk about, so I will share those with you guys. She has not spoken with Pam's daughter, Alyssa, since their parents passed. Alyssa was never questioned by the police. Kylie says that she places blame on Alyssa after getting caught trying to drown her in a pool and getting caught by her dad. Um, her dad would verbally punish Alyssa, take her electronics away, her phone away, but she would just look at her dad straight in the eye and say, this isn't over, my daddy will handle you. And a week later, her dad was dead. 
She said, uh, this is why I don't speak to Pam's family. I do understand she was 13, and I don't want to believe that she was capable of such things, but Alyssa, she had diaries and journals, and Kylie admits it, you know, she was sneaky and mean sometimes, and she would read the journals. Um, she does admit her wrongdoings. She never judged her, and she never was verbally or physically mean to Alyssa. She just said that there was an age difference. One was 13, one was 15, and socially they were in different places, so she didn't always want to hang out with her, and she believes Alyssa just really took it to heart. I mean, you know, I have an older sister than me by four years, so there's so many times where I wanted to follow her and her friends, and because I was 13 and she was 17, at that age, it's a very different gap. Like, Oh, yeah. That's you know. such a normal thing, too. I feel like so many siblings, specifically sisters and maybe brothers, go through that, too. Like, yeah, my sister is five years younger than me, and she would, whenever I would have friends over, she would always try to hang out with us, and we would, like, get in, like, you know, arguments because I was like, get away from us, whatever. So it's so normal for that to, for that to happen. And blend families on itself is hard. Right. Um, so trying to put two teenagers in a forced family, especially if they don't want their parents to break up. So, you know, Alyssa probably wanted mom and dad to stay together and Kylie probably wanted mom and dad to stay together. And so now they're both probably coming in with like, great, you know? Right. Yeah. Like it creates like an extra tension. Yes. Um, so Alyssa had always showed jealousy towards Kylie. Kylie had always felt that she was hated by Alyssa. Um, because Kylie would be rewarded for good grades and just, you know, good deeds, um, birthday gifts, you know, stuff like that. But Kylie also said that, you know, it was always offered to Alyssa too, you know, Mm -hmm. the rewards. Um, she said that Alyssa did not like the fact that Pam would show her any attention. So if Pam tried to bond with Kylie it would send Alyssa into, like, an uproar, and it was just so terrible at points she would have to kind of even leave for the weekend and go stay with her mom instead of staying there with them. That's so tough. Which would also put a bigger kink in their relationship because she wanted to be with her dad. Right, yeah. And now there's resentment because because of you, I can't hang out with my dad. Yeah, exactly. Kenneth had found out about Pam's ex, um, his past, and he was a little upset about this. Um, he felt that he was putting Kylie and him in some danger by not telling him about it. Um, so he went on to hire someone to look into Pam's ex, and a few days later, Kenneth was threatened by him. Red flags all around. Yeah, so, you know, even after talking to Kylie, she did say, like, Her dad was pretty close to ending the relationship with Pam because of all of this. Yeah. So, um, in her opinion and, you know, from her point of view, um, they were not like this happy couple heading to the altar. Um, I believe after they moved in, there was some kind of like second thoughts like, yeah, maybe this isn't a good idea. Um, How could you not tell me you were linked to this guy's dangerous history oh yeah that's a huge thing not to like tell somebody you know 
when you're not only bringing them into your situation, but their child as well, like that has to put a huge strain on, I mean, it would on any relationship. After the deaths, Kylie tried to contact Alyssa um, four months after, but Alyssa did not respond. Uh, She commented that in the last 16 years since it happened, no one has even really asked her maybe once or twice of like questioning her on anything really. And um, she was kind of really bummed that nobody really wanted to hear her story. Nobody. Yeah. I mean, she wasn't four. She was 15. So that's like I'm a sure very she had some very good perspective of what was going on. Yeah, exactly. Kylie says that her dad made her go up north with her aunt because he said that he just had this really bad feeling in his stomach and that something was going to go to happen and. She's learned from the past that when dad has a gut feeling, it usually means something. So sadly, she had to learn the detail of her father's death by hearing it on the news. Her family just told her that he died in an accident. That bothers me because, like, she's old enough to be told the truth at that point. You know, I don't know why they, like, lied and said, oh, he just died in an accident. When clearly she was going to find out and to have to find out from the news is, like, that's harsh to me. Yeah, they could have set her down something, just told her the truth. I mean... Yeah, yeah. To feel, obviously, excruciating pain from the situation, but then to also feel lied to by your family, like, that's a double whammy. And why lie about a murder? Because who knows what information she's sitting on. Exactly. She spoke up and told. That could have... Right. ...changed a lot. This, of course, deeply affected Kylie. She had sadly turned to drugs and alcohol for comfort. By the time she was 22, she was mixed up in some harder things and admitting that her life turned into a disaster and it deeply affected her relationships with her family members, which caused some of them to keep in contact with her, but others did not. Um, Her mother always stayed by her side and they continue to be best friends to this day. Um, Her mom was devastated. They were married for a long time and Kenneth wasn't always the nicest to her, But before he died, he ended up apologizing for everything he's ever done to her in the past. So it sounds like for at least Kylie's sake, he was trying to make amends. Yeah, that's nice to hear that, you know, they got the closure of their issues in their marriage before his passing, at least. Yeah, um, I asked her about a weapon search. Um, Kylie says that six years later, they got a warrant to search Pam's ex, ex's dad's property. But by the time they did that... They, there was nothing there. Um, and then they never did search his brother's or his dad's house, which um, was kind of weird because at the time he was close to his brother and his dad. So why wouldn't you search some of the people that he's close to for hiding? Yeah, it seems like they really were lacking on this investigation. Like they immediately should have checked... I mean, his house right away, and then, yeah, his brother's house and his dad's house, if he was there all the time, like, to search for a similar weapon, knowing that there was this issue going on between them, like, he would be the main suspect. Yeah, in Kylie's mind, she was very skeptical of the leading officers. Um, She felt like there was some shadiness going around, and possibly even, maybe even a payoff of the situation. Um, Obviously, she can't prove it. These are just some gut feelings, um, some intuitions that she was feeling. 
um, that a lot of the higher rank officers were kind of like cutting off the hands of the lower officers. Um, the ones that were, you know, helping investigate it, they did hint to her that their hands are tied and it's hard for them to do their job when some of the higher ranks are kind of shutting them out. And, yeah. You know, blocking them at certain... Yeah, and that's got to be so frustrating for the family because it's like, I don't understand why everything possible isn't being done right now. Yes, and as far as Kylie's concerned, I don't think Alyssa was ever even questioned. Which is so odd to me because she was with her dad that night. So I don't even understand why in the world she wouldn't be questioned. I mean, I guess maybe she's a minor. Maybe her mom would not let her. I don't know. Okay. It's, it's hard uh. to say because Alyssa and Kylie never even compared notes or talked right. or anything. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, Kylie felt like she was just shut out from... From everything. From everything from the beginning. Yeah. Um, I would ho- hope that, you know, with Kylie losing her dad and Alyssa losing her mom, um, who they seem like they both loved and adored dearly, that they could come together and grieve together and at least try to compare notes to give to the cops to try to figure out who did it. But if she thought her dad did it, right, then she'd cover for him. But how could you be so okay with it when he shot her mom? Right, exactly. It's not like he just shot Kenneth. Like, he shot Alyssa's mom, too. So I don't know if, like, it would make sense. Because I also, I read that Alyssa's dad, the Pam's ex, has passed away since now. So it's not like she could be scared of him anymore, like, if she came forward now. Unless she just feels like it's been too long to say anything or she's just nervous about other family members i don't know like i don't know but if my dad no matter how close i was with my dad if he shot my mom yeah there are only so many things that can cover up for my dad and mm-hmm. taking my mom away is not one of them right yeah you know so i don't know it's Hard to say. Alyssa, if you hear this and you want to give your side of the story, please write us a letter. And, yeah. You know, let us know. Um, because I know Kylie would love to have these gaps filled in. Oh, and, 100%. Um, Kylie is no longer close with Kenneth's parents. Uh, they still judge her pretty harshly today for spiraling with the drugs. Um, they still have not tried to make amends with her. It seems like there was some control issues when it came to money that Kenneth left. Um, Kylie did not like to feel control. Kylie had a voice that nobody was really listening to. So I think she bailed and um, they just didn't want to give her the time of day no more. Um, We're just trying to raise some awareness and spread the word that people are not giving up and that, you know, they want answers. It's been a long time. Um, there is a Facebook page where you can go. It's just kind of like a, a little RIP page. Um, you can email us or, you know, reach out to us if you want to give some information that you may know. Um, I will post a link later and you can even privately, you know, maybe even email Kylie, um, reach out to her that way. Um, if there's anything, you know, just kind of speak out. Now, she says that he was an amazing man. He did not deserve what was given 
in such a young life um, that it was taken way too soon. So um, this is a little bit of an update that she had given us. Um, he now has two grandkids, a girl, Braylee, and boy, Brayson Kenneth. He never got a chance to meet or be able to watch them grow into the wonderful kids that they are today. He was a wonderful man. I miss my father every day and sometimes so much I just cry until there's nothing left to cry. This is horrible. Um, the crime has affected me in so many horrible ways and in a way that was destroyed by a connection with my dad's family. He was our glue, our smiles, our laughs. The man could light up even the darkest of rooms and it was taken so quick and without remorse. And though God gave my family some justice by riddling his body with a disease, we need those others who were involved to just give us some justice as well. Anyone that can help by coming forward and speaking up, please. We love you, Daddy. Love always, your turtle. Um, she told me that was a little nickname Aww. her dad gave her. He would call her turtle. Um, so if you have any information for the detectives, you can call the Waterford Police Department at 248-618-6105. At the time, it was Sergeant Ross. I do not know if he's still there. But obviously, if you call the number, um, any information will be passed on to somebody. Mm -hmm. um, you can also call Crime Stoppers of Michigan at 1-800-SPEAK-UP. There was a $2,755 reward for the information. Can't promise it's still there. Right. If nobody's claimed it, I would assume... That it would still be a, an offer. I'm not 100% how that works, but either way, if you know something, just speak the shit up. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> for free, please, like, too. Not just for the money. Um, after having the interview with Kylie, we are hoping that maybe some family, friends will hear this and try to reach out and reconnect with her. She is now sober and has been sober for seven years and two weeks. She is trying so hard to be a better person. Um... She has moved out of state to start a fresh life. Today she continues to raise her two children. Um, she does keep in a relationship with her mom. It's a strong relationship. She says that they are the best of friends. Um, but for now she is focusing on staying clean, just trying to work and provide for her family, and hopes that one day she can rekindle the past with her relationship and her friends. Um, she did state to me that she knows that her papa is sick um, and she would love nothing more than to rekindle with him, but she is told that he wants nothing to do with her due to the spiraling she did years ago after it happened. I mean, she just lost her dad. Um, it's been a very long time. Things have changed since then. So if you guys are hearing this, you know, maybe reach out to her and try to give her another chance. Yeah, absolutely. It's been years, and I mean, try to put yourself in her shoes. She was a 15-year-old girl who just tragically lost her dad in, like, a horrible way. Like, it's just, you kind of have to think, like, she went down that path because she was in pain. Like, just try to put it in that perspective and think, okay, now she's bettering her life, and she's becoming a great person, you know, because of the strength that she has. Yeah, you know, and they say that someone in her family told her that, you know, her father would be disappointed with her if he, you know, if he could see her now. But if her father was here, 
she might not have gone down that path. So Absolutely. This, you can't really say, oh, if your dad was here, he'd be so angry. Yeah, but she probably wouldn't have went down that path if her dad was here. There's a reason why she went down that path. And she faced it, and she, you know, took on the demons, and she overcame it, and, you know, she's clean, and she's taking care of her babies, so. Yeah, so she's she's doing great, and she's doing the best that she can, and that's all she can do, so. Yeah, I, I hope that one day she can rekindle with her family if that's what she still, you know, wants to do, because... It's been such a long time, and just having the support of people that you love who've been through, you know, the same situation, it's important to, like, lean on each other as long as they're all being supportive, you know? And if no one really talked to her about it, you know, it's been so long, maybe you guys could even talk and, you know, see what she knows or heard or intuition or anything. Put all your guys' facts together. Right. It could make a huge breakthrough if everybody... I mean, because everybody has a different perspective on things that happen or they witness different things or heard different things. And to bring all that information together can literally have a breakthrough, honestly. So, well, Kylie, I hope you're listening and I hope we told your story in a way that would make you proud. Absolutely. Um, And we hope nothing but the best for you and your family and we hope that Maybe something good will come out of this, but if not, then hopefully you just find a way to get that closure that you need. Definitely. So, well, thank you guys for listening, and I don't think I have anything else to update. Nope, we will We will see you guys next week. All right, well, thank you for listening, and again, like, comment, review, send us emails, If you have a local story, an out-of-state story, whatever you want, uh, just let us know. Yeah, definitely. We want to tell your stories. All right. Stay creepy, guys. Bye.